It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by GetUpside. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and all of the places that you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. And eventually, here in the next couple weeks, you'll be able to listen to me and watch me on YouTube. That's right. Locked on Panthers will be adding a visual element. That means you get to watch my beautiful face every Monday through Friday. So congratulations to all you Carolina Panther fans. That is coming very shortly. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. So you can either at me or DM me at Julian Council. But again, first follow me at Julian Council there on Twitter to participate every single week like today. Going to get to those questions in just a moment. One thing I wanted to mention, I'm sure you saw the news. Joe Brady, the former OC here in Carolina, has taken his talents to Buffalo where he will be the quarterback coach for the Buffalo Bills. The Carolina to Buffalo connection continues. Whether it's a football team or whether you're a citizen of Buffalo moving to Charlotte, it's never really the other way around unless you cover the Carolina Panthers. We've seen Elena Getzenberg leave the Observer to go cover the Bills for ESPN.com. And before her, Marcel Louis-Jacques, who's now covering the Dolphins for ESPN.com, left the Observer to go to Buffalo to cover the Bills for ESPN. So unless you're going to cover the Bills for ESPN.com, the only time there's a or playing for the Buffalo Bills, usually the pipeline is from Buffalo to Charlotte. But congratulations to Joe Brady and that opportunity. He was not someone who wanted to go back to college, something I mentioned to y'all where a lot of people were saying, oh, it'd be great if Joe Brady went back to college. He'd be a great college OC. He wants to be in the NFL. Doesn't like recruiting, and that is the lifeblood of college football. And he picked the perfect spot. I know he interviewed up in Chicago potentially to be on that offensive staff or at Matt Eberflus, the new head coach of the Chicago Bears, now going to team up with Sean McDermott, but most importantly, with Josh Allen, who is a freaking stud, is going to do wonders for Joe Brady. I already put this prediction out on Twitter. I think he'll be right there in the thick of the coaching carousel again next year after Josh Allen has potentially an MVP season. It will also be the first time that Joe Brady has ever worked with quarterbacks. He's never held the title of quarterback coach, did not coach quarterbacks here in Carolina, did not coach quarterbacks back at LSU when he was given all the credit during that 2019 national championship. But this is an opportunity for him to at least, if not next offseason, in 2024, Joe Brady will be a head coach in the National Football League. Mark my words. Okay, so let's move on. I was wrong last time because I thought he was going to get a head coaching job no matter what happened this past year. But whatever. Um, Let's get into it. 
The Weekly Friday Mailbag right here, Locked on Panthers. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Tweet at me, DM me. Let's start off the week with Nick. And this question stems from Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Deciding after 22 fabulous seasons and seven Super Bowl rings and countless other accolades and praises and all that, he is finally hanging it up. Thank God. Um, But this is the question. The Panthers absolutely cannot mess up this offseason. Very true. The South is ripe for the taking. What do you think about drafting Charles Cross and signing Jimmy Garoppolo? That would potentially not be a terrible combination for the Carolina Panthers if they decide to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I was reading Tim Kawakami, who formerly used to be a columnist for the uh, San Jose Mercury News, and now covers the 49ers and is a columnist for the Bay Area version of the Athletic Fine Writer. He was... Had a pretty good article this past week just talking about what it might take for a team to get Jimmy Garoppolo and the fact that it's known that the 49ers are moving off of Garoppolo. And even if Garoppolo has been really good in terms of like he won a lot of games when he was healthy, the 49ers were were a very good team. And he has his high highs, but he also has very low lows like we saw played on Sunday in that NFC championship loss against the L.A. Rams. A fourth rounder is something he said could be enough to get Jimmy Garoppolo. The Carolina Panthers could get Jimmy Garoppolo for maybe only a fourth rounder this year and then maybe give up a second rounder, whatever it is, in 2023, which means they would have no longer have a second or a sixth. Then that's not that bad of compensation. The problem is you got to fit a salary cap into the salary cap that they have here, and there's other guys that you want to sign. Charles Cross, if he's on the board and Evan Neal's gone, and if they rate him above Iki Aquanu, then okay. I wouldn't be against I any of those that at all. Charles Cross, the whole thing with Garoppolo, though, why I see, while I see it as a situation where the Panthers are going to upgrade a quarterback long term, Garoppolo is not going to lead them to a Super Bowl. So, what exactly is the point of bringing in another so-so quarterback? Uh, moving on, JRV. Did the trade sitting Dan Arnold to Jacksonville upend our season? Oh, come on, man. I think Arnold gave number 14 a second check down, somebody to keep defenses honest. Ian Thomas didn't fill that role, and Trimble had to grow into it. I feel we didn't get the bang for the buck in C.J. Henderson. Well, the C.J. Henderson trade, where the Carolina Panthers sent Dan Arnold and a third rounder to Jacksonville for a fifth rounder in C.J. Henderson, was billed to us as a move for the future. C.J. Henderson was going to come in, learn a defense, and then hopefully, eventually, he would be opposite of J.C. Horner, whoever out there on that defense, it could be a primary contributor for the Carolina Panthers. After watching him for one season, his second year in the NFL, mind you, a former top 10 pick from Jacksonville, he looked like a rotational player, more so than a potential lockdown or number two corner. We will see how he develops, but the early returns weren't positive. Now, did Dan Arnold up in the Panthers' season? Absolutely not. It's Dan Arnold. He's just a guy. Absolutely, I under I I get your point though that he would have allowed Sam Darnold to have a safety valve, which he lost when Christian McCaffrey was out, and that would only would have helped Sam not having a tight end in the passing game did not help him once McCaffrey went down. But I'm not going to give Dan Arnold that much credit in terms of whether he up into the Carolina Panthers season. But it's not a terrible point that you bring up that Sam Darnold absolutely could have benefited with the Darnold to Arnold connection. Okay, moving on to Ken, who says, I know Coach Rule isn't a popular man for fans right now, but his postseason hires have been spot on. Experienced NFL guys who have track records of success. Am I the only one who thinks just based on what we know, no player acquisitions or re-signings yet, the elder gringos, <laughs> Camp and Tabor, 
and, Mc- and McAdoo might be able to pull us into contention. Reminds me of the Clemson model of coaching, talented coordinators carrying a weirdo head coach. And yeah, who you hire is very important. Obviously, the players are the most important aspect, but having the coaches to put those players in position to succeed is also vitally important if you're going to have success. And bringing up Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, one of the biggest hires Dabo ever made came after that Orange Bowl against West Virginia where they gave up 70 points and got embarrassed. He hired Brent Benevels, who turned around that Clemson defense, and annually they had one of the best defenses in college football, and you've seen him put out a lot of great defensive talent over the last couple of years. And now Venables is the head coach back at Oklahoma, the place where he came from. And also having Chad Morris, who was a Texas high school coach, and him as the OC, that changed things for Clemson, along with Taj Boyd, and of course, Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. But those two hires in particular were what allowed Dabo to have so much success at Clemson, where he could just be the CEO while he had strong coordinators. And we'll see now with Clemson down there with the changing with Tony Elliott going to Virginia, and of course, like I said, Venable's leaving, and now elevating some in-house guys, if that works out for Clemson. But that's not what we're really concerned about. Hiring experienced play callers is what Matt Rule wanted to do, and he did that with Ben McAdoo, and that hire allowed the Panthers to also uh, bring in Campin here to Carolina, who's had 15 years of success as an O-line coach back with the Green Bay Packers, and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers love the guy, and Chris Tabor also has success. So, yeah, if he goes out there and hires more experienced coaches, it should help the Carolina Panthers have success this season. And that was part of the... Issue I think a lot of people had was he didn't have a ton of NFL experience on the coaching staff. Now he has boatloads of that with just these three hires, and we'll see who he hires as his defensive line coach. So, yeah, I give Matt Rule a ton of credit. I've already said it this week that I think that the James Campen hire, uh, Campy, was the best hire he's made so far this offseason. And we'll see what happens to the defensive line coach. Um, Okay, well, take a quick pause, and then I'll answer more of your questions here on this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets added right back to your account. You can cash out any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, back to your questions. Will asked uh, simply, would you draft Malik Willis, who is the quarterback out of Liberty? And he apparently is tearing up the Senior Bowl this week down in Mobile, Alabama, where a lot of people are saying he should be QB1. I guess if the Panthers fall in love with any of these quarterback prospects and they think that they can come in this year and start or sit behind Darnold for a year and then learn, which I don't think Matt Rule and co. can afford to do because they start Sam Darnold next year, they're going to lose their jobs. 
okay, they're done. They're screwed if Sam Darnold starts next season. But it also might be the most practical thing to do instead of keep trying to force a quarterback decision and give up future assets to try to make that happen and then sacrifice players who could help you down the line to make that happen. But they're not, not be it down the line. Would I personally draft Malik Willis? I don't think I would draft any of these quarterbacks coming out. I know the Panthers need a quarterback. I just think that they stink this year. They're going to have a better crop to look at next year. You can always trade up and go get one. That's the thing. Like you want to be in position to draft one without having to move it up. You can always trade up and go get one. Kansas City did it. Buffalo did it. Carolina can do it. So I personally wouldn't draft Malik Willis, but the Panthers like him at six or they can trade back and get him later on. Yeah, by all means. If they think that's the answer, go ahead and do it. Eric, he says, hey, Julian. Hey, Eric. Um, if you look at the Washington Commanders, <laughs> which is still so funny that that's their name. Not like nicknames really matter at all, like win football games. That's really what I care about the most. Um, if you look at the Washington Commanders branding photos that were released, they actually have two different helmet colors, a black helmet and a red helmet. I'm pretty sure the NFL still only allows only one helmet design size color, but maybe that might be changing. That is, that's still the current rules, by the way, Eric. He also says, all that to say, how would you feel if the Panthers introducing a black helmet into rotation? I must prefer... I myself, I myself prefer the classic looks and am over the new uniform combos, probably because we've seen we've been introducing all these new unique combos while getting crushed every week. Hopefully you like uniform questions better than draft questions. I absolutely love uniform questions more than draft questions. Eric, do I care what uniforms that they wear on Sundays? Not particularly. Um, if they want to wear black helmets, then sure. Why not? Like, I'm not a, a uniform guy at all. Like, it doesn't matter to me what they wear like if you're gonna look swagged out you better go out there and win because if you look good like they have black helmets and they're the all black uniforms and they get their ass kicked then i don't care what they wear i told y'all when someone asked me what my favorite uniform combo i like the all white all white the silver helmet i'm down with it or the black and um silver britches i'm i deal with that too i'm, I'm down with that but yeah, so I'd rather you ask me about that than the trap, but yeah, I don't really get too caught up in what they wear, but it would be kind of cool to mix things up, and I've thought about this. The Panthers have never changed their uniform. At some point in time, I thought too, now with David Tepper being here in town, that they would switch up the uniforms. I would rather change the uniforms and have a new one, even though I like the ones that they have now, but it feels like we're well past due. It's 27 seasons. The Titans wore their you know, original uniforms for 20 years, in the last, and then a couple years ago, they decided to change them. I don't really like the new ones that they have, but it doesn't really matter because they're really good and they win games. And I think that's what people care about down in Nashville more so than what they look like. But I would wonder if the Carolina Panthers might get a uniform change here shortly. Um, let's see. Heinze57. He says, Hey, man, I'm a new Panthers fan. This last season being my first, and your podcast has been great to help me get acquainted with the team. Thank you, Heinze. Um, so thank you for that. You're welcome. I know you're not a Sam Darnold fan, but with how he performed the first three to four games of the season, don't you think that can happen again with a healthy team around him and a good O-line? Not saying he's the guy, but I think it's worth giving him another shot. If he ends up being good, then the team is set. And if he's not, then they get another high draft pick in 2023. In a 2023 draft loaded with quarterback talent. Also, that take is under the assumption they aren't able to get a guy like Rodgers, Wilson, etc. And I kind of answered this via Twitter and the other day in the podcast. And he had DM me, and I had DM him back about it, too, because um, he had saw my tweet. Like, if Carolina strikes out on one of these top-tier quarterbacks, like you mentioned, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, if Deshaun Watson's even available, then I think the most prudent thing to do, and probably the most practical thing, and 
maybe the smartest thing would be to stick with Sam Darnold for another season. You can still draft a quarterback if you like somebody, and they can sit behind Darnold or start if that's what you want to do. But I'd rather draft a quarterback and not really take on any more quarterback money than force a quarterback decision for another so-so quarterback, a la Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, even though I think the most practical, not practical, but the most realistic scenario for a quarterback upgrade for the Carolina Panthers would be getting Jimmy Garoppolo. Would it be the best decision for them long-term? I don't think it solves the problem that they have, that they don't have a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. But this franchise did give up three assets last year to bring in Sam Darnold. Talk about how he's a young player and here in this system. With Joe Brady, who's no longer here, but with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who played with New York, that he could have success here in Carolina. And there was a thought there was more stability here than there was in New York when he was there with Adam Gase. And that could change and that and that he could play well. And after the first three weeks, he saw a lot of good football. There was also a lot of points in that where if you looked at it closely, he wasn't all that impressive. But once McCaffrey went out and Dan Arnold, like you talked about, got traded everything went to crap and the offensive line wasn't good. So certainly if Darnold has a better offensive line and Robbie Anderson plays better and they find a number three wide receiver and they can find some sort of tight end passing game element, he can be better next season. I don't think Sam Darnold's ever going to be the answer long term, but would, would it make more sense to have Sam Darnold next year, try to build the best team around him? Or would it make more sense trying to get someone else who's still a so-so quarterback and not the long-term answer just to make a quarterback decision and quarterback change? I'm kind of thinking the former by keeping Sam Darnold make, my, may make a little bit more sense for the Carolina Panthers, even if I believe that they're probably going to be – not probably, that they're absolutely doomed if he comes back for another season and this fan base would not be excited. at Well, they'll be excited because y'all are suckers, that narcotic, like I told you the other day. You're going to be hooked on that football once we get here to August down in Spartanburg once again and they kick off in September. All right, Josh. He says, I'm starting to fall in love with the idea of Carson Strong, who is the quarterback from Nevada. I'm thinking a good scenario is for Fitterer to Fitterer and trade back to around 10 to 15. So Fitterer to Fitterer. Okay, um, I like that. And okay, so he thinks a good scenario is for Scott Fitterer to pull a Fitterer and trade back to around 10 to 15, where I think Tyler Lindenbaum, the center from Iowa, will be available and make moves in the second round for Carson Strong. Thoughts. He said, I understand he's not the fastest guy and putting that behind a shaky line will be rough, but I have confidence in camping to turn them around and be good enough to let a pocket passer like Strong thrive in the offense. Hmm. Carson Strong has a massive arm. Like, that's the one thing. He probably has the biggest arm in this draft class. He has good size, too. And like you mentioned there, Josh, he's not the greatest of athletes. And when you look at all the new quarterbacks that have come into the league and the guys who are taking over the young guys, like, obviously, Lamar's a great athlete. Um, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, he can run around and do his thing. Josh Allen is a freaking problem. Justin Herbert's an athlete. Getting a statue at quarterback isn't necessarily the formula a lot of teams are going out there and getting. Like Malik Willis, athletic, how can move. Um, Matt Corral as well, he can move. Kenny Pickett can move. Do you want a guy back there? Now the GOAT, Tom Brady, came from a different era. He can, he's not really athletic, but he's also the greatest of all time. But still, this age of football, you want to have that element with the quarterback being able to scramble and to be in some sort of a threat with their legs that I don't know how much I would love and value Carson Strong even in the second round. I like the idea of getting Linderbaum. That would be fantastic. Whether you're going to the second round, I'd like to get another offensive lineman. Or maybe if there's a linebacker or defensive end there that might be ready to go, I'd be down with that. So I'm not 
on board of strong when I've said this about all the quarterbacks in this draft class. I don't really love any of them, any of them, even though like I love Sam Howell for what he did at Carolina. I just don't know how much I love him heading into the National Football League. So, yeah, and I, I trust in James Campen. I just still, I mean, Carson Strong comes in here. I think he's probably going to be the backup this year, and you have Sam Darnold for one more season, which isn't a terrible thought. But the problem is Sam Darnold starts this year. They're going to stink. Rule's going to get fired. And then the next staff's going to have Carson Strong. They're going to be like, uh, we'd rather have C.J. Stroud or Bryce Love, likely. Okay, another pause and then more of your questions here on the other side. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours are about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because they taste so good you'll want to eat it all the time. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but sometimes it gets just so boring. We're here in the month of February, and you're probably wondering, where is the chocolate? Well, you're in luck. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. For listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or who have family or friends you might have, I wanted to notify you about an available resource. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts for these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees in form of updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering for the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil.clwater. That's www.marines.mil.clwater. Okay, a few more questions before we get out of here on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Tony, he says, if the Panthers were to select a quarterback at any point in the draft, who would it be and why? I personally want us to draft cross Mississippi State and then get strong from Nevada or Bailey Zapp, Zappy from Western Kentucky later. If we grab a quarterback at six, give me Pickett for sure. Yeah, if they grab a quarterback at six, I imagine it's probably going to be Kenny Pickett. Because if Matt Rule has any say, he's going to have the say of the guy that he wanted at Temple. They already saw him. They've talked to him. It makes a lot of sense. Now, there's a lot of Malik Willis ties to the Carolina Panthers. He was a part of Cam Newton's 7-on-7 team. Apparently, his uncle was a linebacker here formerly for the Carolina Panthers. So we kind of go back to the Brian Burns connection with his brother, Stanley McClover, who's the hype man now uh, for the Carolina Panthers. He played here briefly, and he was just talking about how it was you know, God's plan. Uh, for Brian Burns end up being here in Carolina, the place that he played at. We'll see what happens with Malik Willis. I, I mean, I think he's a, he's an intriguing prospect, Malik Willis is. I've seen a lot of Kenny Pickett. I'm not enamored by him. I thought he was awesome this past year. I just uh, I just don't know, man. And the hand thing, I, I, I'm the one who thinks it's so stupid how they get so caught up in hand size and three cone drills like they did with DK Metcalf. Like, look at the tape. What does the tape say? The tape says for three years he really stunk. And in his past year, he put it together. Will he put it together in the National Football League? We will see. But Malik Willis wasn't all that. Malik Willis wasn't all that uh, impressive this year either. So uh, also, I mean, again, Cross, I'm cool with that. If they can get him um, at six, if Evan Neal's gone, or if they don't want a Quanu, sure. Um, also, it depends on what they do in free agency. Like all that, we have all these draft questions, and 
it's so early to talk about the draft. I get the draft starts in Mobile, but it's really too early to ask these questions about what they should do at the uh, during the draft when in a month and a half we'll get really all the answers that we need in terms of how they're set up after free agency and where they should go draft-wise. So it, until April or the end of March, all these questions are premature and they're subject to change, in my opinion. is My opinion, excuse me, is subject to change based on what happens in March. Uh, but Zap, no, Zappy, Zap, whatever the hell his name is, from Western Kentucky, no thank you. And Strong, again, like I mentioned, statue, big arm. I'm not really sure that's kind of the guy you want in the modern mold here in the National Football League. Quentin, he said, do you think the Eagles would have any interest in trading up in the first round? Well, what is Philadelphia going to trade up for? Uh, they, they have their quarterback, at least for next season. They've already said that Jalen Hurts is their guy. They went to the playoffs this past year with first-year head coach Nick Sirianni. I think they have wide receivers. They've drafted wide receivers in the first round the last couple seasons. I know Brandon Graham retired, but he's a guard. So I don't think there's a guard that they're looking to get early on in the draft unless, like, Okwanwu was the guy that they wanted to do that with if he ends up playing guard in the National Football League. Like I'm sure the Panthers value him as, but Campen, hopefully Campen comes in and he's going to dictate what happens on the offensive line in terms of the prospects that they're evaluating. I don't know. I really don't know what Philadelphia's needs are. So it's hard for me to answer that question. Also, it's hard for me to answer that question now without free agency having played out. Uh, Alex, he says that PFF has Jameis Winston as the top free agent quarterback with the Panthers considered going for Mr. 30-30. <laughs> and if not... Where do you think he'll end up? I thought Jameis Winston would end up back in New Orleans had Sean Payton stayed. Could still happen with Dennis Allen likely to be the man for the job there in New Orleans. Um, And we'll see, like, Byron Leftwich, he's interviewing for that job. Maybe if he gets it, he might want to keep Jameis Winston. I don't know. He's worked with him before. But obviously they value Tom – I mean, obviously you value Tom Brady over Jameis Winston, and they want to move off of Jameis Winston. Um, no, I don't think Jameis Winston is – the answer here in Carolina. He would have been uh, the reclamation project that Panthers should have done instead of Darnold. Like him or Trubisky would have made a lot more sense than trading for Sam Darnold because they were both free agents. But instead, they traded for Darnold and we're in a situation where we're wasting $19 million of the salary cap next season on a quarterback who should not even be in the National Football League. That's how bad he's been his first four years in the league. But I don't think they should consider uh, Jameis Winston – and also just Matt Rule, like the same guy who didn't want Cam Newton here. I feel like he probably doesn't want Jameis Winston there either. Uh, Andy, let's see. Since you let slip where you live, oh, man, that was a mistake. What's your go-to at Loopy's? So Loopy's Cafe there on Monroe Road, 7th Street turns in Monroe here in Charlotte. Uh, it's always the Texas chili, man. Uh, Got to have that spicy chili. Love it, especially this time of year when it's cold outside. I'm a big Texas chili guy. At Loopies. Thanks for the question there. Andy also asks, also, do you think Derek Brown is going to take the next step in 2022 and become the dominant player he was projected to be? Or is our scheme just not the right fit for him? If it's the latter, then would he be a potential trade target to get either draft picks and O-line or Jimmy G? Um, I don't think the San Francisco 49ers are looking for another defensive tackle, and I don't know if he fits their schemes. I think they... I mean, they're they're pretty set there. They got Ken Law, who they draft in that same draft out of South Carolina. They of course have um, Eric Armstead. Like they're they're good. I don't think Brown's really been disappointing. There's a thought out there that your biggest leap comes after your second year into your third year. So hopefully we'll see that with Derek Brown. He did get benched late in the season. 
But then after that, you did see him play a lot better. One defensive lineman I'd actually be looking at moving forward is Etor Grossmatos, who looked really good towards the end of the season before he got COVID and missed the last game. I think he missed the last two games. He's someone who I think could actually make a massive leap next year for the Carolina Panthers and possibly help them uh, stopping the run, which is something that Scott Fitter said they need to do, finding a defensive end who fits that mold, who can do that for them. That might be Grossmatos, even though I'm not quite sure what his weight is right now. Um, but no, I think I'm cool with Derek Brown being here next year. He is one of the foundational pieces for this team. He has to fit the scheme because they wouldn't have drafted him if he didn't fit Phil Snow's scheme in what they like to do defensively. Final question comes from Tepper's Fake Brass Balls. That's his name on Twitter, guys. Uh, thoughts on the Panthers drafting a quarterback at six? And if they did, your opinion on things. If they did, I mean, I don't, again, I don't like any of the quarterbacks here enough to draft them at six. And no one. Mel Kiper Jr., Tom McShay, um, Daniel Jeremiah, none of those guys has them in the top 10 of their, their draft boards. Like, they're big boards, like, as far as how, who, how they rate players from one to whatever. None of those quarterbacks are in the top 10. That does not mean that none of the quarterbacks will go in the top 10, but none of them are considered one of the top 10 players in this draft. And because of that, I don't think the Carolina Panthers, and we talk about value and where you draft players, and I've... Always kind of thought if you like a guy, then go ahead and just take him right there. I get it. Maybe trade back and you run the risk of, hey, he's not going to get drafted. Maybe we can get him back later on. You could still not get him. But if you really think they're going to be good and it can be a game changer for you, then go ahead and take him. So if they fall in love with somebody, at six, Scott Fitter already said this week when talking to Darren Gain of Panthers.com that that's the place where you take a risk. That's where you shoot your shot if you like a quarterback. And if they love someone, can't miss in their eyes, then go ahead and take him at six. If they do that, I still believe Darnold's a starting quarterback until he plays his way out of it, which will happen, and then you throw the rookie out there, and will that rookie be ready? Will it be enough to get this team to the playoffs? Like If it's Darnold and a rookie quarterback next season, Matt Rule's getting fired, and the next guy's coming in with a quarterback they probably don't want with better options coming out of college in 2023. That's kind of my thoughts there. Um, he also brings up Joe Marino's article that we talked about two weeks ago. Well, I uh, think we can patch up the O-line together via free agency and a fourth pick. Um, yeah, I mean, the O-line, I think they're going to take care of that in free agency. I don't think they're going to wait till the draft to fix the offensive line. Like, I think they're going to be aggressive and trying to find a left tackle who's a veteran and maybe even another, um, like, a guard on that roster so they can go in the draft and get a rookie, maybe even get another guy there at in at sixth overall or be able to trade back to where they can fulfill those needs on the offensive line or wherever else across the roster – or maybe that be a quarterback opposed to waiting. Like, I think they're going to take care of that O-line situation in free agency. Like, they're not waiting until the end of April to figure all that out. So, appreciate the question there. And I appreciate all of your questions on the latest edition here today of the Friday Weekly Mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Or is it the Weekly Friday Mailbag? I get my words tongue-tied and crossed up sometimes to participate next week. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, your host, your fearless leader, if I'm leading you at all on Twitter at Julian Council where you can DM me or at me to participate on next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag and be sure to rate review and subscribe to the show on Apple podcast. You can also check us out on Spotify and shortly you'll be able to check me out on YouTube where you can swoon at how beautiful I look. Talk about these Carolina Panthers in the meantime, have a safe weekend, be warm, be still and go to hell. Duke Duke Carolina on Saturday night heels. Let's get it done. Coach K. Get out of here. Bye.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.